If you didn't bring a Bible with you this evening, why don't you raise your hand? The ushers have extra Bibles. would be glad to let you use one of ours. And let's go to Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans 12 and 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Say it out loud. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, two things he, he tells us about here. Uh, conform has to do with being pressed into the same mold or shape. And there are pressures in the world all around about us to conform. Conform. You know, don't try to be different. In their mind, don't try to be goody-goody, holier than thou. I mean... If we cuss, you cuss. If we, we do this, if we're immoral, you're immoral. I mean, it, we're just people and the conformity, the pressures. People talk about peer pressure. And that's not just with teenagers. That's not just at grade school and high school and college. That's all through life. There's pressure to conform. And what did the scripture tell us? Don't do it. Don't do it. When there are things trying to press us. To not be like the master and be like the ungodly world around about us. Something ought to rise up inside you and you ought to go, no, I am not conforming. But instead of being conformed to this ungodly world, do what? Be transformed. Now the word transform is the, the Greek words and the root words where we get our word metamorphosis from. And it has to do with radical change, Amen. a complete change like that of a caterpillar to a butterfly. Amen. And is it part? Now he's right. He's not writing to unsaved people. He's writing to people that have been born again to the saints that are at Rome. Is it possible that even though you're born again, you've been born again for a while, you can still radically change? Yes. Becoming more like the master. Certainly. Certainly. And how is this accomplished? Read the rest of the verse. How does this happen? By the means of renewing your mind. Now when you got saved. When you gave your heart to the Lord. You became a new creation in Christ Jesus. That wasn't your mind. That was born again. Any more than it was your body. That was born again. The day after you give your heart and life to the Lord. You got the same mind you had. The day before. You got the same body. And that's what's been confusing to some people. Because it's even. The idea's even been left. If you come give your life to the Lord. You just won't have any more things to deal with. You won't have any more problems. You won't have any more issues. Well that's not true. That's not true. What is true. Is you'll have the greater one inside you. To help you. To overcome every challenge and trial and test. And he said he always causes us to triumph. You can be an overcomer. A winner instead of a loser. But our minds need to be renewed. Our thinking needs to be changed. And uh, this is not just talking to unchurched people who got saved. Because you can pick up a whole lot of 
unscriptural thinking in church. <laughs> I hope not so much in this church. <laughs> but I, you know, I don't presume uh, to say that, you know, every bit of teaching and preaching that the Lord would help us to do is devoid of any wrong thinking. Paul said we know in part. And it's the parts we don't know that become the issue. But if we'll stay close to this book, hmm? we know it's right. We know this book is right. And the author of the book, the Spirit of God, is in us. And he'll let us know what's in line with this and what's not in line with it. How will we be transformed? By the renewing of our minds. Thank you, Lord. Are you interested in some of this renewing? Uh, go with me, if you would, over to the uh, the book of Isaiah. We ask the question, what is a thought? Are thoughts important? What is a thought? I should have had you hold your place in Romans. Excuse me. The book's still right there, though, isn't it? In the 8th chapter, he said, uh, verse 6, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Does it matter what we think on? How much does it matter? According to this, it is a matter of life and death, what we think on. What is a thought? A thought, if you look up the words, we've, we've already covered a lot of ground, so if this is your first time to be with us, uh, you can go online, download the previous uh, messages. You can go back in the Word Supply on your way out if you're in the building and get uh, a, a free CD or DVD. And, and it would behoove you to, to get that that's gone before. We saw that a thought is a form, a spiritual form of something that can become. And it is no, it's not just imaginary, it's not nothing, it's a spiritual form, a shape of what can become. And we ask the question, with a sculptor, or with a painter, or as the Bible refers to sometimes, a potter, they, artisans, create beautiful uh, vases, beautiful paintings, beautiful sculptures, but before that sculpture existed, where was it? People say, well, it didn't exist. Yes, it did. <laughs> if it hadn't existed somewhere else, it could not have become out here. And artisans, and I'm not just talking about with physical artistry, but uh, I mean people that write computer code that are the best at what they do. They can see it. People that are the best athletes. Uh, they practice and develop. Under where they're not thinking about. Put your hand up here. And put your foot up here. They can see them accomplishing the task. Amen. Before it happens. And their body is able to do it. Yes. But before that technique. Before that uh device was invented before that painting was painted it existed in them in their heart and in their mind 
And we ought not think, well, that's not real because you couldn't touch it. It was real because you see it out here now. It can't had to come from somewhere. You can't say it wasn't real. In fact, if it hadn't been real here, it never could have been here. So which is more real? The Bible tells us all of this is going away. Doesn't it? Everything that you can touch and feel down here is temporary. But the things of God are not temporary. They're permanent. And he said heaven and earth will pass away. But my word will not pass away. What is a word? A word is a thought expressed. The words I'm speaking to you right now would mean nothing to you if you didn't understand the English language. And they'd mean nothing to you Unless the thought I have, I express it through these words we choose. And unless you get the same thought, the words are useless. They're not accomplishing what I need them to. Oh, well, friend, the words of God contain the thoughts of God. Oh, hallelujah. The thoughts of the Almighty. What a precious thing. And before there existed an Adam and Eve... How many know before God reached down and he formed man from the dust of the earth? He made, where was man? He's making what he saw. What he, he had, man was in him. And he created him after his own likeness and image. The Bible uses both words. Well, image is something you see. I'm convinced the further we get into this, I'm convinced most Christians do not put the importance on thoughts that they should. So many are thinking so many wrong things and thinking, well, you know, as long as I don't act on it, or it's no big deal, I, I know it's not right, I know the difference. No, friend, thoughts of wrong things are not okay. They're not innocent. It's not okay for us to ponder them or to consider them. Or to meditate upon them. Because they have the power in them. Spiritual power. To cause it to come to pass. And good or bad. Right or wrong. Godly or ungodly. You take thoughts into yourself. You ponder them. You think on them. You meditate them long enough. And they'll begin to form things in your life. They'll begin to produce. Think about the power of these things. Thoughts, even if a person is down and dejected and depressed, the right thoughts will immediately lift them. They could just begin to think on something else. And if they believe the thought, it puts a smile on their face. It takes the furrow out of their brow. You could take somebody that's having big fun and enjoying the day and somebody comes say something to them that's an evil thought and if they hear it and they believe it it can just cause them to lose all their joy yep, yep, right. and just to just to fall down go sit down and, and flop down and feel miserable what did that to them a thought has the power to do this and the devil has been able to operate so freely even in Christians lives because they don't uh, recognize the importance and significance of thoughts. And so many, he can bring any kind of thought to their mind. And they'll just think on it. 
and get upset and get mad and worry and get scared and worry until they get sick and never occurs to them, stop thinking about that. Does it matter what we think of? Go on over to Isaiah where you're holding your place, please. Isaiah 55, verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Now, unrighteous, righteous is just an old English form of of right or rightness. The unright man thinking unright thoughts. Let him forsake his unright thoughts and let him return to the Lord. And what will happen? The Lord will have mercy on him. Return to God. He will abundantly pardon. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Now don't forget he was talking to a person who was thinking on unright thoughts. See, people just grab that and take that out of context and say, God's thoughts are not our thoughts and we could never attain to his thoughts. Oh, no, 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 no. Why did he give us a book full of his thoughts if he didn't want us to think his thoughts? And he's told us numerous times specifically to think certain things. Well, those were his thoughts. He didn't never said we couldn't think his thoughts. He's talking to somebody that's been meditating on the wrong thing and he says, forsake those wrong thoughts. And those thoughts are not my thoughts. Neither those ways of the unrighteous man, my way, says the Lord. Verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I want you to, to think about high thoughts and low thoughts. The difference between them. Are we told not to think on the unright? We wouldn't say unrighteous. We'd just say wrong in our modern vernacular. Don't think on the wrong thoughts. Wrong thought. He said, he said, my thoughts are high thoughts. And we could also say they're right thoughts. Right thoughts, high thoughts. Wrong thoughts, low thoughts. In Colossians, the, the scripture said, set your affection, set your mind on things above. Not on things that are beneath. Now friend. uh, Don't miss this tonight. This is very significant. If you get this. And you embrace it. And practice it. It can totally change your life. This is not just my words. You can be transformed. Into another person. You can change so much. Until people that hadn't seen you a while ago. Wow. What happened to you? Don't get me wrong. I like it. It's good. And the difference is, first of all, getting a revelation that your mind is your mind and you can think on whatever you choose to think on and not think on what you choose not to think on. If you don't believe this, you're in trouble. You'll be easily Worried, scared, easily put in fear, easily deceived. If the enemy had his way, he would convince everybody that they are helpless to control their mind. 
that thoughts and feelings come and so many of them are just overwhelming and they are helpless and they can try to get help, but, but you know, uh, all of us have our limitations and I try not to think about it, but it just, it has grieved me and hurt me so bad and I just can't help it. That is a lie that you can't help it. The truth will make you free, friends. Come on now. You want to believe that you are a helpless victim to whatever the enemy will bring to your mind? That you can't help from thinking things that work death in you? If that's true, then it's not true that you can choose. And you, if the Bible tells you, the Lord tells you, think on this, don't think on this, it's obvious. He's given you the power. And we're going to show you through numerous verses, that's exactly the case. The Lord has said repeatedly, think on this, don't think on this. Think on this, don't think. Think not, think not, think this, consider this, ponder this, meditate this, don't think on this. If the Lord said that, what do you know? I can. If he said don't think on it, I cannot think on it. I don't care if the enemy brings it to my mind a thousand times a day. I can shut it out. I can shut it down. I don't have to think on it for ten seconds. If he said think on it, then no matter how distracting or perplexing or or stressful the situation might be all around me, I can. If he said think on this, I can think on this. I can. I can keep my mind stayed on it just like he told me to. Here's a revelation we need to get, friends. If the Lord tells us to do something, He actually expects us to do it. (laughs) He does. If He says, fear not, it is not okay to go for another ten years struggling and floundering around and crying and acting pitiful and telling the Lord, I just can't help, you know, I try not to be afraid, but I can't help it. Now you got more than a problem. You're not just afraid. You're disobedient and rebellious. Because when he tells you don't fear, he expects you to immediately quit. And if you say, I can't help it, then you're telling him you know more than he does. So people don't realize it, but there's rebellion in this. There are Christians all over the place. They may not be saying it in exactly these words, but they're looking up going, well, yeah, but you're not, you don't know what it's like, Lord. Yes, he does. That's right. Bible said he was tempted in every point, just like you. That's right. Without sin. Well, Lord, I, I know I can't. You're calling him a liar. If he says you can, don't tell him you can't. Right? If he says, don't think about this, he expects us. Quit thinking about that. If he says, don't yield to this, he expects us to quit yielding to it. And just the fact of him telling it to us ought to bless us and ought to excite us. Because we know there's power in his words. Right? No matter what we feel like, if he told us to do it, there is empowerment in the command to do it to enable us to do it. None of his words are void of power. The problem is the unbelief. If you start resorting to your previous experiences, if you start coming back to how you feel and everything that's going on, and all these things will tell you you can't, and you have a choice. What do you believe? High thoughts, low thoughts. Right thoughts, wrong thoughts. 
It's a choice, isn't it, friends? It's a choice. Look in Psalm uh, 94. And don't say, I know I can't. (laughs) And don't get annoyed at me. That won't help either one of us. I'm reading scriptures. Right? And if I come across a little strong, I don't mean to be harsh at all. I just don't want the devil to keep messing you up. I want it to stop. Do you hear my heart? None of us have to be depressed, scared, messed up. None of us have to be. Not even one day in our life. We're born again children of God. We got the greater one inside us. We're more than conquerors. We're overcomers. And God didn't give us a spirit of fear. So if he didn't give it to us, we got no business with it. He gave us the spirit of power and love and a sound. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you like the the word of sound? Sound means healthy, strong, peaceful. Mind. Glory to God. Bible says we have the mind of Christ. What kind of mind is that? Splintered? Frazzled? Sad? Did you the mind of Christ? Uh uh-uh. uh. Sound mind. Say it out loud, I have a sound mind. I have the mind of Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Psalm ninety four, are you there? Ninety four nineteen. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, your comforts delight my soul. The New Century Version says it like this. I was very worried, but you comforted me and made me happy. (laughs) We can see a real change here, can't we? I was thinking a bunch of junk and it was bringing me down. And then I considered your thoughts and it made me happy. Is it just this simple? Yep. It is. Psalm 139, 17. You're close by. 139. How precious, verse 17, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. His thoughts. Are they life? To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse 23, he says, search me, O God, and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What does that mean? Try my thoughts. Uh, Show me if I got some wrong thoughts and help me to see the thoughts that are the way to life. Your thoughts. He just, just a few verses before, talked about his precious thoughts. Think about the difference in what you choose to think. Somebody has done you wrong. I mean terribly wrong, let's say. They really did some terrible things to you or yours. Think about the difference of thinking about vengeance and just letting that simmer in you 
and thinking about what they did and playing it over and over in your mind and what you're going to do to get back at them. How does that, how does that affect you? How will that affect your mind? How will that affect your soul? How will that affect your body? How will that affect your relationships? How will that affect your health? How will that affect your kids? Your spouse? Because even though you may not purposely want to direct it to them, if you feed on that night and day, whatever you meditate on, you get full of. And you'll be full of vengeance. You'll be full of bitterness. You'll be full of hatred. And the least little thing, it's like a sponge being full of something. The least little thing it pushes on you, it'll come out. But on the other hand, if instead of thinking about vengeance, what if you thought about forgiveness? If instead of that, you thought night and day, you thought about how Jesus, hanging on the cross, he looked down at the people that nailed him up there. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You thought about the power of that. You thought about the same love that enabled him to do that has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And that you have the ability. And that the Lord said, if you won't forgive, I won't forgive you. And you can't stand the thought of that. So that's not even something to consider. So you think about how great the love of God is and how great the forgiveness is. And you can forgive them and you can let it go and you can be totally free. And instead of vengeance, there can be love. And the difference was what you chose to think about. Can you see this, friends? How radically different. Can you, if a person was bitter and they were angry and they were resentful and they were down and depressed, could they be transformed and become a free, happy person? Is it possible? The power is in the Word of God to make this happen, but you got to choose to think it. It's got to be a choice. You've got to choose and say, I'm not thinking this because it'll come. And I am thinking this. Do you as a child of God have that power? Say it out loud. My mind mind is my mind. mind. I can think think on what I choose. choose. Your mind is your mind. You can think on whatever I choose to. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, "Thank thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go over to Luke 12. Luke 12, please. It's a choice. Renewing the mind is actually very simple. Very simple. It's a matter of finding out what's good to think about and what's bad to think about and making the right choice. It's just that easy. What's true and what's a lie? What's a blessing? What's a curse? What's evil? The Word of God enlightens us to this, doesn't it? And by feeding on His Word on a constant basis, reading your chapter every day, coming to church like you ought to, talking about the Word among yourselves and 
home fellowships and whatever the case might be. Just got, like he told Joshua, this book of the law will not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate in it night and day that you'll, uh, you know, observe to do what's therein. And then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. It's going to go good for you. Because think about it. People that are upset, they're down, they're victims, they're bitter. They don't get promoted. Their marriages don't last. Are you listening? Their relationships with their kids are not what they need to be. Their health is not what it needs to be. You can't go around mad and upset all the time. It messes with your immune system. It messes with your digestive. It messes with everything. People that are not high maintenance. They're always up. They're always enjoyable to be around. That's who companies want to promote. That's who they want as the face of their company. That's who they'll pay the big money to. Huh? That's whose spouse looks forward to coming home. And the kids enjoy being there too. Why? And it all comes back to what we're thinking about. What we let ourselves think about. Or what we choose to think about. Friend, there are thoughts that are so deadly dangerous. They are death itself. And so many have not understood this. They thought, well, you know, I can't help it. I didn't mean to think on that, but it just came to me. And I just got to thinking about it. And and I kind of got down. And I began to remember this and think about that. And I guess I'm just being kind of nostalgic and a little... You know, feel a little bluesy today. <laughs> That's unacceptable for a child of God. It's totally, it especially after tonight. That's sin. Because <laughs> you know better. <laughs> Can't say you didn't. We saw you here. We knew you were here. Read the same scriptures we did. <laughs> And him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, Bible said it's sin. <laughs> Nothing left for us to do but quit thinking junk and start thinking like we know to. And the good news is it will transform us. We will become different people. I have a good time every day. I'm not just saying that. I was telling Mike, we're coming back from the meeting after that big offering night the other night. I said, man, I like my job. <laughs> Get to fly around, be in good meetings, and sow big seeds. And he says, well, maybe if I had your life, I'd like it too. No, listen. <laughs> I assure you, you could find several things that would upset you about my life and what I do. You just don't hear me talking about it. Because I choose not to think about it. Because that's not important. No matter what it is, we're overcomers. No matter what it is, greater ones than us. No matter what it is, the word is true. But we must discipline ourselves. To when we recognize something that's contrary to faith, contrary to love, contrary to forgiveness, contrary 
to joy and peace, contrary to the Word of God in any degree, shape, form, or fashion. What did the Bible say? Casting down imaginations. Grab that and throw it down. And bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, the Scripture says. How many thoughts? How many stray ones is it okay to keep letting it bounce around? Every, somebody say every thought. Put it up on the screen for us. What is it, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 or so? Can you put it up on the screen for us? 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Do what? Casting. That word cast, I believe it's in the Greek is balo. It's a strong word. It means throw. Throwing down imaginations. Now, imagination is from the word image. Images, which come from what? Thoughts. Images and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. If God says it's like this, and this thought says it's not, it's time to throw that sucker down. And throw it down hard. Throw it down so hard, it doesn't get back up very quick. Put it down hard. And what if it comes back up again and tries to come back to your mind the next day? Throw it down hard. Bring it into captivity. What? What? How many? How many thoughts? Every thought? Now see, some folk would say, you can't do that. Every thought? Every thought? I know I was ministering to a lady some years ago and she'd been in, in and out of mental institutions for years and just had terrible problems and and the Lord dealt with me to take her back to Joshua 1 8 we just quoted and and talk about the the Bible says this book of the law the word of God will not depart out of your mouth you'll meditate in it night and day we're talking about that she just looked at me and interrupted me she said you can't think on the word of God night and day well she just said what other people thought you know but I, I didn't exactly know what to say to her. And the Lord prompted me. just came right up in my spirit. You're already thinking on something night and day. It's not a matter of doing something you're not doing. You're already thinking on something. Every waking moment. And there's some stuff going on when you're asleep too. You're thinking on something. It's not a matter of whether you're thinking on something or not. It's what you're thinking on. It's choosing to think on the right thing. And it's a choice every morning when you get up, every afternoon, every night when you lay your head down, there are choices. And let me just say this, people who have a lot of trouble with nightmares, you're not supposed to have nightmares as a child of God. And it makes all the difference what you go to bed thinking about. If you go to bed thinking about things that worry you and bother you, you got the door open spiritually, to be tormented with fear. No, you need to go to sleep thinking about the Master, thinking about the goodness of God, thanking Him, praising Him. And don't let a bunch of ungodly junk play on the TV all night. While you're asleep there and your spirit's open, Mm -mm. have something good going on. Are just quiet and you just talking to the Lord. Most people need a big dose of quiet. <laughs> Didn't the scripture say, be still and know that I am God? 
We live in a noisy, noisy world. Something going on all the time. And you need times. That's one of the things I do as a minister. I'll get to a certain place. And if I'm ministering that evening or something, uh, I'll get to a place where I cut everything else off. And I get away and and I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. Um, I, I love you, but I have an important appointment with somebody more important than you. Sorry. He's more important than me. He's more important than you. And I need to talk to him without distraction. And it's rude. Somebody's granted you an audience that's very important. And you're answering the phone and talking to somebody else and texting and everything. And they gave you some special time. Well, there's a lot of this stuff going on nowadays. Everybody say quiet. Practice some quiet. Where you're not praying at the top of your lungs, you're not making confessions, you're not playing CDs, you're not watching anything, you're not on the phone, it's quiet. Now, if you hadn't been doing that, it's going to be a challenge for you. Because you lay there about 30 seconds, you'll go, I got to do something. You're doing something. You're waiting on the Lord. And sometimes it can take you a little while to get your mind quiet. It's so busy. It's buzzing so much. Get your body quiet. Get your soul still. Get your mind quiet. Wait before the Lord. The Bible said as you do that, He renews your strength. Inside. It's like charging a battery. For lack of a better illustration... Uh, it's like these little portable razors. I got one I trim my beard with. Doesn't it's cordless. But if I forget to plug it in and I go to use it, it goes. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Anybody know what I need to do with this thing? Huh? Now there's one thing I need to do before I plug it in. Does anybody know what that might be? Turn it off. Because if I plug it in, even though I got power coming in, if it's still going out, it won't charge. Because it's still trying to give out. And so if you're still trying to give out, you're trying to pray, you're trying to do this, you're trying to study, then you're not waiting on the Lord. Reach up and go. (laughs) Turn it off. And then I plug it in. And the razor's really doing nothing. It's just waiting on the electricity (laughs) and receiving the electric and letting it flow. And man, if I let that thing sit there for, you know, 24 hours, I can come and unplug it. I better watch out or it'll make me a new style, man. And how many of we got Christians all over the place? They're like this. Come on, let's go. That's all extra, no charge. (laughs) Did you find Luke 12? Luke 12. Jesus is speaking to the disciples, to the crowd, to us. And I want you to notice the language. The thing that keeps coming up, keeps recurring. Chapter 12 and about verse uh, 22. Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I say to you, do what? 
Do what? What does that mean? What does it mean? Don't take that thought. Don't take thoughts about that. What does that mean? Don't think those thoughts. They'll come to you, but don't take them. What what does don't take them mean? Don't let them stay. Don't think on them. Don't ponder them. Don't meditate them. Take no thought for what? For your life. Well, I got to think about how to make a living. What you shall eat. I got to think about how to put food on the table. For your body. I got to think about clothes for the kids. What did the Lord say? What does that mean? You reckon he actually expects us to do that? (laughs) Is it possible to do what he said? Verse 23. The life is more than food. The body is more than clothes. There's a lot more important things going on than what we're going to eat. I know that's a revelation to some folks. (laughs) And there's a whole lot more things more important than what we're going to wear. That's all right to try to look nice, but, uh, you know, I do what I know to do, but uh, it gets to a point and I think, well, hey, you know, that's uh, me being dressed better is not necessarily going to help anybody get free. That's right. Come on. Right? Ain't about food, what you're going to eat, what you clothes. It's necessary, but we're not supposed to take any anxious thought about that. Verse 24. Consider the ravens. Now stop right there. What's that first word? Consider. Now what's another way of saying consider? Take thought about that. Can you see this? Don't take thought about that. Do consider how you're going to consider something. You think about it. If I said, now consider this. What are we expecting to do the next few things? You, I'm going to say something. You're going to think about what we're saying. Consider the ravens. Think about them. They don't punch a clock. They don't spend any time on the freeway. Have no representation in Congress. No lobbyists. <laughs> don't pay no union dues. And they don't sow, they don't reap. They got no crops. And they, they got no storehouse. They got no barn. And they are not worried about it. I saw some ravens out in front of my house today. And they looked like they were partying to me. I don't think they had a worry in the world. God feeds them. Somebody say, God feeds them. Now, Jesus told you, he said, think about that. Should we think about what the Lord tells us to think about? And should we not think about what he tells us don't think about? We should take this more seriously. If he said, don't think, he's talking about anxious thinking about where we're going to get money for our rent, how we're going to make our payments, how we're going to get the kids clothes, how we're going to get the college money, how we're going to do this, how we're going to make make our quota, how we're going to do that. The Lord said, don't do that. And he expects us to do what he told us to do. Which means it's within our power. 
And when these thoughts and these temptations to worry come, we can put our foot down. We can shut it down. Come on, can we? You can cast that to the ground and say, I'm not thinking that. I'm not going to pace the floor. I'm not going to lose one bit of sleep about that. I'm going to think about the ravens. I'm going to think about that the almighty God that keeps this big planet spinning is my daddy. He's feeding critters all over the globe. And he said, I'm better than them. Didn't he say it? He, aren't you better, he said, than the fowls? Verse 25, keep reading. Which of you, by doing what? Taking a thought, and he's talking about the anxious, worried thought, can add one stature to his stature, one cubit. Verse 26, if then you be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Is he talking about what you think on? Every verse. He said, can you worry and think about it and pay a bill by doing that? He said, so quit it. The majority of Christians are ignoring this passage. You got people that think that their thinking is so twisted. They think it shows you're a good Christian because you worry. You care. So you worry. I've just been worried sick about y'all. And the idea is, I'm a good Christian. I wasn't thinking about me. I was worried sick about y'all. It's that Christian love. It's actually disobedience to the Christ who said, don't do that. Do you believe if the master tells us, don't do something, don't think about something, he actually expects us not to think about it? He does. He's not trying to be hard on us. He just knows all that will do is hurt you. And you can do that day and night. And it's not going to pay one bill. It's not going to heal your baby. It's not going to get your prayers answered. You're going to be in worse shape when it's over. He said think about this. Think about how God is feeding these birds. Think about how God is clothing. He said verse 27. What did he say? What's the first word? What's consider mean? Think about this. Consider the lilies. Well, man, we in lily time right now. Flowers. Glory to God. Flowers all over the place. There's no fashion consultant. There's no designer can touch this. And God clothes the hillsides. With new duds. That's right. <laughs> Every year. Yeah. He, and Jesus said, think about that. Yes. Think about that. What if we actually did what Jesus said to do? What if we went to bed tonight thinking about how he takes care of the ravens and thinking about how beautifully he clothes the hillside with all these flowers and we got up in the morning thinking about it and somebody said, you owe X amount and you said, well, thank you for letting me know and you hung up and you said, thank you for those lilies. Thank you for those. I'm going to think about lilies. Ravens. And Yeah, but you got bills. He told me not think about that. He told me think about lilies. 
Yeah, but what are you going to do? What are you going to The Lord specifically told me, don't think about that. How am I going to get money for my bills and for my food and for my, uh, my housing and my, he told me don't do that. And I'm going to take him seriously. And if you really practice this right, some people will think you hadn't got enough sense to worry. They look at you and go, look at them, bless their hearts. Going around acting all happy. Hadn't got enough sense to realize how much trouble they're in. But they won't think it's so strange when they see God meet your needs again and again and again. Amen. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. Oh, friend, do you hear what the Lord's telling us to do? Ravens don't worry. Ravens don't even work. <laughs> Lilies look good. And they don't have to sow. They don't have to make it happen. They don't struggle for it. Say no struggle. No strain. No worry. No pain. He said think about it. Think about it. If we would really think about what he told us to think about. It would transform us. Instead of worrying about how to meet our our needs and pay our bills, we'd be lily-minded and raven-minded. And and we'd think, man, God, it is so easy for God. I mean, he can pay your taxes out of a fish's mouth. He he can meet your needs by ravens bringing in bread and, and water out of the rock. I mean, he can fly quail in without an airplane. It's so easy. For him to do it, and men, you get in that kind of frame of mind, you quit stressing, and you begin to rest, and we which have believed do enter into rest. You're actually in faith now. And nobody that trusted in him was made ashamed or disappointed. Thank you, Lord. Go with me over to, uh, let's see, you're in Luke, aren't you? Well, that's real handy. Uh Look in Matthew 14. How about that? Let's do it that way. While you're turning there, I want to read a few verses to you to just reiterate what we've already seen. Jesus very specifically told us, think about this, don't think about this. And um, let me give you a couple of them just to, for an example. Matthew 9, 4, Jesus knew their thoughts. And he said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? Uh, chapter 3 and 9, he said, think not to say this. Matthew 5, 17, he said, think not that I'm come to do this. Matthew 10, 34, think not that I'm come to do this. John 5, do not think that I'll do this or that. He said, don't think this, don't think that. He perceived their thoughts and he said, stop, quit thinking that. And then he'd say, think this, consider this, put your mind on this, think about this. Why? Because to be carnally minded is what? Death. Death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. The Lord said this, I know the thoughts that I think towards you and about you. Jeremiah 29, 11. He said thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Somebody say thoughts of peace. God is the God of peace. His word ministers peace to us. 
And if you keep your mind stayed on him, Isaiah 26.3, what did he say? I will keep you in perfect peace. Now, hold your place in Matthew. Go back to Romans 12. I know I'm bouncing around a little bit, but I got about a two-week seminar here that I'm condensing into the next 15 minutes. Our text in uh, Romans 12, be not conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by how? The renewing of your mind. To what end? To what end? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and what? What is the result of not being conformed and just acting and thinking like everybody else, but choosing not to think on what the ungodly, unsaved world thinks on and choosing to think on what he told you to think on and the resulting renewing of your mind How does it impact you? What's the result? You are able to discern and establish in your own awareness the will of God. The perfect will of God. I became convinced as a teenager some years ago that if I could know the will of God, if I could hear the voice of God, if I could know the will of God, I had it made. Because I'd already made up my mind, if I do what he tells me to do, he's going to be with me, he's going to help me, I'm going to make it, it's going to be good. Discerning and knowing the will of God is just one of the most important things in life. Isn't it? And yet you see people everywhere that are confused about the will of God, searching to try to find the will of God. But according to this, if our mind's renewed, we can identify and prove. No, be established in the perfect will of God. Can you see this? Was Jesus, did Jesus struggle with the will of God in his life? Do you hear him talking to the disciples, to other people, you know, y'all pray for me. I just don't know which way to go. On this, I was thinking about preaching over here, uh, and you know that'd be good. But also, maybe I could go over there, and I was thinking about preaching on this. But you know, this is good too. Uh, y'all help me. Let's pray that we can find out. Now, you never see anything like that. <laughs> what you will hear is this confidence of him saying, "I got to go here. I got to do this." We're going to do that. No voting. No committee meetings. No discussions. (laughs) Did he know the will of God? For the day? For the month? Did he know? So he obviously was not conformed to worldly ungodly thinking. His mind was always on the right thing. And this gave him a clarity. Oh, saints, are y'all with me this evening? It gave him a clarity of always knowing which way to go. So, Mr. William, now, Brother Keith, that's Jesus. He's the Son of God. You're implying that he operated as God down here, and the Bible very clearly says he didn't. He operated as a man with no unfair advantage over you or I. He had to be anointed. God doesn't have to be anointed. That's right. 
So how was he so clear? How was the will of God so distinct to him? Here is one of the great reasons why. He never allowed himself to think on the wrong things. Are y'all with me? He wouldn't allow himself. He was tempted to. Because the Bible said he was tempted in all points just like us. Which includes, have you ever been tempted to think something wrong? Well then he was too according to the scripture. But he wouldn't think on it. The devil brought thoughts to his mind. Tried to get him to think on this. We see in the temptation, don't we, in the wilderness. Try to get him to think about that. Try to get him to think about this. He wouldn't do it. He'd come back and say, it is written. That's all he's going to think about. It is also written. <laughs> Kept his mind right on it. And because of that, he had perfect clarity. This is the will of God. This is the way. Go it. Go this way. Preach this. He didn't struggle between five choices every day. Do we do this? Or do we do that? Or I just don't know. Oh, God help me. This is our fault. And all of us have done some of it. Some a whole lot more than others. Matthew. You got time for some more of this? I don't think we need to rush this too much. Let's let's get done. Matthew 14, are you there? Matthew 14, down about verse oh, 28 or so. Jesus came to them in the middle of the night walking on the water. It scared them. They thought, is that a ghost? And he said, it's me. Don't be afraid. Lord never told anybody to be afraid. He always said, don't be afraid. Didn't he? And when he says, don't be afraid, does he expect you to get more afraid and go, I'm sorry, but I just can't. God, you know, I'm so weak. I'm just human. And, and he goes, yeah, I knew you couldn't. I don't know why I told you to. But he actually expects us to immediately stop being afraid. Quit yielding to it. Well, I try. No, don't try to think this out. Listen with your heart. Let the word come into you. Just believe the simple thing. If the Lord tells you to do something, could you do it? Yes. Would it be? Would He know whether you could do it or not? Yes. Then, if He tells you to do it, He already knew, and you ought to rejoice to know I can do this. He told me to do it. I can do it. And Peter said, "Lord, if that's you." Bid me, call me to come. Walk on the water. Under you on the water. And verse 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was what? He was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me and all the mercy of the Lord. Even when you look at the wrong thing, go the wrong way. He's still merciful. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and he caught him and he said to him, not bad for your first time out. (laughs) You know, there's only two people ever walked on the water in the course of humanity, me and you for a little while. Uh Uh-uh. No. What did he say? Why is your faith so small, Peter? Why'd you doubt, man? Why'd you doubt? When he asks a question, he expects an answer. 
What's the answer? Doubt. Doubt. If you notice the first four words. D-O-U-B. Same four letters of double. Duo. Two. James. The first chapter. And the seventh verse. James 1 and 7. He said, talking about asking for wisdom. He said, but ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For if you waver, don't let that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. Verse 8. A double-minded duo. A double what? Mind. What does it mean, minded? That's your thinking. When you mind something, you think it. When you consider it, you think it. A duo-minded man is what? Isn't that a perfect picture of what happened with Peter? He stepped out of that boat with his mind on Jesus and his mind on that word come, believing if the Lord said come, there was power in that word for him to do it. And as long as his mind was on that, the Lord was keeping him in perfect enough peace and faith to do what he'd never seen anybody else except Jesus do. Right? Defy the laws of gravity and laws of physics. This is faith, my brother, sister. Does it make a difference where your mind's at? He had a mind to step out on that word. He had a mind to look and consider Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. And he stepped out. And man, he's walking on the H2O. And then he thinks about something else. Waves slapped him upside the face. And the wind's kicking these waves up higher and higher. And the thought came to him. Well you know you can't walk on the water in these conditions. <laughs> and I know that's irrational. But fear is. So many times thoughts of fear make no sense at all. But they still work. Fear is irrational. Fear is unreasonable. It doesn't even have to be. People still fall for it. And when he turns away and minds something else, he starts sinking. Does it make any difference what you think of? And the Lord saves him. But then he looks him in the eye and says, why'd you duo? Why'd you waver? Why'd you doubt? Now, go to Romans 4. While you're turning that, I'm going to read the Amplified in that 8th verse to you in James. You're going to Romans 4. The Amplified in James 1.8 said, A man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute. He's unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. Where does this uncertainty come in? Being of two minds instead of one mind. Which boils down to this. Considering something you shouldn't be considering. Every case. You, me, we've all done it. But let's quit. Let's learn. Let's get our mind renewed. Let's become a, instead of being a vacillating, unstable person. Let's get our mind renewed. And be transformed into a confident person. Who knows what to do and does it. 
and didn't waste all day back and forth. There are Christians all over the place. Bless their hearts, men and women. It takes them all day to decide the least little old stuff. And they'll go back and forth and back and forth and we'll do this. No, no, maybe I don't know. And then they'll, well, we'll do this and then all, I don't know. And then back and forth, this is anything but spiritual. And the vexation that goes on with it. Well, now, do I do this or do I do that? Do I take the job or do I not? Do we get married? Is that, are they the one or not? All these decisions, man, it's just, ah, it's just too, it's not supposed to be like that. This is the way unsaved people are. And if you or I are vexed and pulled, it's very simple. It's because of considering something that shouldn't even be in the mix. Shouldn't even be considering it as a possibility, as an option. If you're at the restaurant, what do you have? Oh, we got beans and cornbread. What else? That's it. What would you like? <laughs> when there's only one thing to pick from, it's easy. No stress, no strain, no problem. I'll have the beans. Well, with the Lord, it's always that way. When He tells you what it is, it ought to be over. Right? For the committed child of God who puts the word of God first place in their life, when he tells you what the right option, what the right thing is, there's nothing else to consider. Nothing else to talk about. Makes it really, really easy and simple. We've heard from him. No more debates. No more wrestling. No more struggling. Should Peter, what was the cause of his stress? He's definitely stressed out. Jesus, uh, save me. <laughs> save me. Stress. Why? He should never have considered the wind and waves. Never. There was no risk. That's why the Lord is asking him, why did you doubt? Why did you duo? Why did you try to consider two things when there was only one thing? You remember Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are running around here careful and troubled about many things. One thing. Didn't he say one thing is needful and Mary has chosen that one good thing and it's not going to be taken away from her. She, Mary wasn't stressing. She's having a good time. She's raven minded. Lily minded. Happy. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to have a word of knowledge to tell what people are thinking about. It shows on their face. If there's tension, if there's angst, if there's fear, they've been thinking about the wrong thing. Period. Every time. Why? Because the Bible's true. That will keep him. Keep him. Keep him. 
In perfect peace. Peace, peace. Total peace. Whose mind is what? Stayed on the one. The right. Oh, the devil is king of the yeah, but. Isn't he? Yeah, but. God said, do not eat of the fruit of that tree. Is this complicated? Was there anything else to consider? Obviously, Eve thought it was. Because the devil says, well, yeah, but it's not that simple. It was that simple. No, it's really more complicated than that. And people like to think that they're uh, more intelligent than the average bear. And that, you know, because of their superior intelligence, they think more deeply. And, you know, simpletons, that's all they see. But I see multiple sides of this. And, and I'm educated. I'm a thinker. <laughs> You're a doubter. You're a doubter. When the Lord tells you what to think. All other options on the menu should be removed. If he says it's beans and cornbread, I don't care if they got a nine page menu. As far as you're concerned, take that menu away. There's only one thing for me today. Yeah, but there are a lot of options and you should consider them. No, I shouldn't. No, I should not. Scripture said, Paul said to the saints at Corinth, he said, I'm concerned lest you be removed, corrupted, your minds be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Somebody say simple. Simple. Eve should have never considered anything else than don't eat of the fruit. Adam should have never considered doing what his wife was asking him to do. He should have never considered. Should have never been an option. But when it's an option... Let's talk about sin. If it's not an option to get involved with that other person with an affair, it's just not an option. You never let yourself consider it. Are you with me now? It's not an option to take money out of the register. Yeah, but I'm hurting so bad and I got this and, and I got that. It's not an option. Nowhere did the Lord tell you. It was an option. Thou shalt not steal. Except, see footnote below. <laughs> In some very dire circumstance. No, it is not an option. And if you won't even consider it, you don't have trouble with it. Why is the person sweating? Resisting temptation. Why? They think it's an option. What do I do? You shouldn't be asking, what do you do? Do I tell the truth? Lying is not on the menu. It's not on God's menu. What do I do? You see what I'm talking about? People struggle with the, oh, they struggle. They struggle. They get ulcers. They pull their hair out. They lose sleep. Wrestling over things they shouldn't even be thinking about. It shouldn't be an option. It, it makes it so simple. When you take God's word for it. 
If a person is unstable, what do we know? Double-minded. Double-minded. What's the cure for instability? There's something you ought not be thinking about. There's something that ought not be in your mind. It ought not be on the table. It ought not be an option for you. Remove it. And the only thing that remains, that's it. Simple. Easy. May not always be what your flesh wants to hear, but it's easy. It's easy. Simple. Easy. Romans 4. 19. You know it. Wouldn't hurt to shout about it some though. Abraham was what? He was not weak in faith. Why? He considered not his own body now dead when he's about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20. He what? That's the same word that has to do with wavering. He, he did what? He, he was not unstable. He didn't waver. He didn't stress. Why? Because he refused to let himself think about how old he was. And he refused to think about uh, Sarah's barren condition. She couldn't conceive when she was a young woman. Now she's gone through the change of life. And you got that too. He would not let himself think about it at all. What about how old you are, Abraham? What's that got to do with it? Come on. Yeah, but you're X amount of years old. Next subject. Nothing to talk about. Doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, but Sarah couldn't conceive when she was 20. So? He would not let himself think about it. He considered it not. And because he wouldn't think about it, he didn't waver. No duo, no double-minded, no doubting. He got up every day happy. He didn't think now. How in the world are we going to get this to come to pass? As old as I am. As old as she is. And she's got these problems. You know, the doctor said this, the doctor said that. How in the world? How in the world? There's no reason to stress over any of this. He got up happy every day. Faith stays happy. Why? Because it refused to think on the thing that would make it unhappy. You don't have to have a bunch of revelation to figure out what's the right thing to think about, what's the wrong thing to think about. What is it doing to you? If it's jerking the rug out from under you, if it's scaring you, if it's upsetting you, stop it, stop it. That's devilish, ungodly thoughts. Cut it off. And don't say, I can't help it, Mac Pitiful. Quit it. And instead, think about the ravens and the lilies. And what he said. Huh? When you got what he said, that's it. That's it. That's it. Nothing else to consider. Nothing else to talk about. Nothing else to think about. Oh, do you believe it, saints? Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Oh, and when you do. I've seen it before. There have been times I've, I've tried to minister to people and bless their hearts. They were in such a terrible, just frazzled basket case. And, and sometimes I, there have been people I've talked to for hours. And you keep trying to get them, hey, 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 here. Ho, ho. But the Lord said, 
Yeah, but she said this and they said that. Yeah, but I don't know how in the world I'll get over this. Hey, hey, hey. None of that matters. The Lord said. Yeah, I know all those scriptures are in there, but see what's happening. You're taking something that would give you peace and bring you strength. And you say, no, I don't want to think about that. I'm going to think about this because it's so awful. And, and I just, I just. <laughs> and there are people, bless their hearts, they have trained themselves to stay in crisis mode. Even if something is going pretty good, they're looking around like, well, something's about to bust. I mean, you know, that's just the way, you know, life is. Ah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And they just trained their self to be upset. All the time. And even if they got a smile on, all this is right under the surface. And anything will just cause it to flood out. Why? Thinking about the wrong thing all the time. Worrying, fretting, anxiety. It's being disobedient to the plain words of the Lord. Philippians 4. I think I'm closing with this. I know this is a little extra tonight. Better sitting at home thinking about the wrong thing. (laughs) Don't you think? (laughs) Philippians 4. We had read Jeremiah 29, 11, where the Lord said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Here's a big way how to identify his thoughts. He said, thoughts of peace. It's not hard to tell what's his thoughts and what's not. Well, when the Lord's thoughts come in, how do they go? I will supply all your needs according to my inexhaustible riches in glory. I will increase you more and more, you and your children, and you are blessed, and I will make you a blessing to all those round about you. And great is the Lord God who sustains you and prospers you. I took your infirmities. I bore your sicknesses. I carried your pains. By my stripes you are healed. And with long life. I will satisfy you. And show you my salvation. Yeah but. No buts. Nothing to vacillate and worry. And be in anxiety over. That's it. We got the word. That's it. As far as we're concerned. That's the only thing to think about now. That's it. And when you think about that, how does it make you feel? How when you think about that, how does it make you feel? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I always cause you to try. That doesn't scare you. That doesn't shake you. That doesn't make you upset. He said, I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts of peace, not evil, to give you an expected end. Now listen to Philippians 4.6. Philippians 4.6 in the NIV. How many think you ought to do the Word of God? Well, here's a command. He didn't say try to do this. He just said do this. Do not be anxious about anything. How much ground does that cover? But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request, present your request to God. Verse 7, and you may struggle a lot because I know there's a lot of options out there. You don't always know what to do. We're just human. Just do the best you can. Hope it all works out somehow. 
And we all have our days. You know, that we, we try to be strong, but sometimes you just lose it. You don't mean to. But we all got our, we all got our limits. We all got our breaking points. And we need to just understand that about each other. <laughs> no. No. That's men's goofy ideas that they've tried to pass off as being a Christian and living by faith. And it's wrong. It's contrary to the scripture. It, it takes what Jesus told you to do and just kind of pushes it behind and go, well, you know, I know he said that. And that's a great ideal to aspire to. But we are just human and we can't always do. No, 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 no. I can do all things through the anointed one, the Christ. Who strengthens me. And if he tells me to do this. He expects me to do this. And I can do this. And I should because it's the only thing that's going to get me up and get me out. He's not trying to make it hard on me. He's trying to make it easy on me. We can make it easy on ourselves. While other people are stressing over this and that. And vacillating between five different choices. We get the right thing and that's it. And so we never stress. And we're just happy and thank God for it. So simple. So easy. He said, don't be anxious about anything. And verse 7, what will happen to you? What will happen to you? The peace of God. That transcends all understanding. It will guard your heart. It will guard your mind. Come on, can you picture that peace just encompassing you? Other people are shaking and falling apart and just collapsing and you're just smiling and got the peace of God. It's holding you together. It's keeping your heart. It's keeping your minds. In Christ Jesus, verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever's true, noble, whatever's right, what's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything's excellent or praiseworthy, what? What? Think about this. Think about, now see, he started off by saying, don't be anxious about anything. Is that saying, don't think about that? Don't think about those things that make you worry. Don't think about those things that make you afraid. Did he say, don't do it? Did he say, try not to do it? No, he said, don't do it. Then what else did he say? Think about this. It's true. Truth will make you free. Honest, just, lovely things. Don't think about ugly things. Think about lovely things. Pure things, not defiled, corrupt things. Think about pure things. Think about things that are worth praising. Right? Think about excellent things, good things. How do we know if you're thinking about all this kind of thing? You'll be smiling. You'll be happy. You'll have peace. You'll have joy. What if you're a basket case? You've been thinking about the wrong thing. Simple. We've all done it. We've all made mistakes in these areas. But let's grow up. Let's quit being like that. Let's quit vacillating. Let's quit being duo and unstable. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, lift up your hands. Lift up your heart. Glory to God. Can y'all get ready to sing uh, Keeping My Mind Stayed? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The scripture said keep your mind stayed on Him. And we can, and we can start right now. I want you to reach up with your hands, put your hands on your head. Thank you, Lord. Sit out loud, Lord. Forgive me. Thinking on things you told me not to think on. 
all the stress, all the grief, all the junk I put myself through. Not your fault. You told me not to do it. I believe your word. I don't have to. I never have to. Think on those things you told me not to. I set my mind on you. I set my mind on truth. I set my mind on your goodness. I set my mind on redemption. I set my mind on every good thing you say to me. And that's all I think about. And you keep me in perfect peace. Oh, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.